Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, we're talking all about Social Security spousal and survivor benefits, Roth IRA conversions, and whether a Roth conversion is impacted by your Social Security benefit or vice versa. We're talking earned income, ordinary income, modified adjusted gross income, and taxable income. And we're talking about taking this job, shoving it, and doing Roth conversions all the way to Tennessee. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are Joseph Chip Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA, who will be vacationing in New Zealand during parts of this episode. Floor from Kanaga Park. Kanoga. Kanoga. Kanoa. I knew that. Dude, I practiced it. <laughs> Not enough. Which almost guarantees you'll get it wrong. <laughs> Kanoga. I don't even know where the hell Kanoga Park is. I think it's LA area. It's LA. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Southern California. All right, Floor. Uh, he writes, Hi, Big Al, in Energetic Joe. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's Energetic Joe. Do you like that acronym for Not you? at all. Describe <laughs> you? Not, no? No. It's um, accurate. Sure. What do you think? Yeah. Just passionate. Passionate? Yeah. <laughs> so, Floor, he writes, I just turned 62 and still working. I'm thinking about filing for early retirement benefits while working. I also think about increasing my 401k contribution up to about the same amount I would be receiving from my retirement, Social Security. I sincerely need your opinion. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Sincerely. It was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much. And more power to you all. All right. Power to the people. That's right. So I like where Floor's head's at, but it's not going to work for Floor. Okay. Let's see why you say that. So what Floor is thinking about doing is that he turned 62. So when you claim Social Security benefits, you can claim as early as 62 or as late as age 70 or any month or day in between the two. Right. And so it sounds to me is that, all right, well, I'm going to claim my benefit at 62 while he's still working is the key component of this whole question. Right. So he wants to take the Social Security benefit that he's going to receive. He's going to take it early and receive a reduced benefit. Sure. So he'll receive about 75% of the benefit by claiming early. Um, and he wants to take that benefit and just jam it into his 401k plan. And so he can boost up his savings a little bit. The problem is, is that there's an earnings test when it comes to Social Security benefits. So Floor, if you're making more than, let's call it $20,000 a year in your um, "Quote unquote working," um, it it th- they'll start taking the Social Security benefit back from you. So every two dollars you earned over what is it eighteen thousand seven hundred? It's seventeen and change. Call it eighteen. Eighteen thousand bucks. So th- any dollar that you earn over that, <clears throat> or, or every two dollars you earn over that, they take a dollar back from your Social Security benefit. So they don't want exactly what you're trying to do to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So this is the floor rule. The floor rule. Yes, that's good. All right. Renamed. Yeah. And, um, and but yeah, and that that happens until full retirement age. Let's see. If you just turned sixty-two, so did I. We're the same age. All right. So I happen to know my full retirement age is sixty-six and seven months and six months. Six months, eight months. All right. So that's what yours is too, floor. So uh, I, I'm assuming. Anyway, uh, give or take. You could be eight months, whatever. But at any rate, uh, yeah, you have to wait till full retirement age to receive your benefits while have, having earned income to be able to keep those benefits. And what happens, you'll be rolling right along that first year thinking, this is great. And then Social Security finds out you've made too much money, they'll want it back. And they won't, they won't give it to you back. They'll just reduce your, 
future benefits. Right, right. You won't receive. So let's say Floor works this year at age sixty-two, claims his benefit. So let's I'm a, let's just assume Floor makes a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. Right, and his Social Security benefits call it twenty-five thousand because he wants to take the twenty-five thousand dollars and put it into his four hundred one k plan. I'm just assuming here. Okay. So then Floor is going to make one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars this year, right? He's got a hundred thousand dollars of wages, twenty-five thousand dollars of Social Security benefit. Sure. He takes the twenty-five thousand dollars Social Security benefit, throws it in the four hundred one k plan, and then he's boosting up his savings. So next year, let's say he retires. Right, and then he's looking for that twenty-five thousand dollars of income from Social Security. Right, but then he files his tax return, and the Social Security benefit says, "You know what, Floor? What were you doing? You made too much money." So now that twenty-five thousand dollars of Social Security benefit, they're going to withhold it until they get their money back. Right. So be careful of this strategy. Um, so sincerely, our opinion is: if you make more than twenty thousand dollars a year. Do not claim your benefit because they're going to take it back. Seventeen six forty. Seventeen thousand six hundred and forty. And you can wait till the year of your full retirement age, um, because his full retirement age is going to be sixty six and six months. Yeah. So he can make up to about thirty five thousand dollars, give or take. What is it? Uh, once he reaches that full retirement age, I, I think believe it's, like, it's. I think it's like forty two. Forty two. I think. No. It's 35. 46. 46,290. Is it 46,000? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 32. Okay. Give or take. All right. We're good. So then he can make up to $46,000 that six months before he reaches his full retirement age. Yeah. Then every $3 earned, they take a buck back. Sure. Okay. So, so um, that's, that's pretty clear. Floor, don't do it. Good, good thinking, but it doesn't work. All right. Um, sorry for the bad news, Floor. We got Susan from Escondido. She actually writes to you. She sent this one directly to me. Yes. People have figured out that if they want to get an answer, they just got to send them to me. Well, yeah. So send them to Andy. Hi, Andy. First, I want to say I love the show and the podcast. They are very helpful. I have two generic questions for Joe and Al. All right, Susan. Let's see what you got here. Number one, if a wife takes early retirement at 62 and receives a 25% reduction in her Social Security benefit for her lifetime, does that affect the survivor benefit if her husband was to pass away before her? Will she receive a 25% reduction in the survivor benefit as well? Uh, Susan, what do you have in mind here? (laughs) (laughs) She wants the cash now, it sounds like. And she's like, you know, the old man kicks the bucket. Am I going to get screwed? Yeah. Right? Because I want the money now. I don't want anything to happen. Because I'm telling him to push this thing out because when he dies, I want a fat benefit. Right. Um, But if he passes, is she going to get a reduction? So first of all, here's how the survivor benefit works. Um, If you're married... uh, when the a spouse dies, mm-hmm. okay, um, the surviving spouse takes the higher of the two. Right. So let's say my benefit's fifteen hundred, my wife's three thousand. She dies, my benefit automatically turns to three thousand dollars. So what Susan is asking though, she's like, well, how about if I take my benefit at sixty-two? So then my husband dies because I received a twenty-five percent permanent haircut on my Social Security benefit. Is that survivor benefit going to be reduced? And the answer is, Susan, no, it will not. Uh, Even though you claim your benefit 
at age 62, that is your benefit on your record. The survivor benefit is a completely different benefit. So yours would not be reduced. Your benefit is going to be what your husband's benefit is when he claimed his benefit. If he claims his benefit early at 62, he's going to receive a 25% permanent haircut. If that benefit is larger than yours, your benefit would then turn into that benefit. But if he waits until age 70, let's say, or whatever it is, because you took your benefit and you received your benefit on your record early, the survivor benefit is not going to be reduced. So the survivor benefit will still be based on the full retirement age benefit? Yes. Okay. No, uh, no it's based on the survivor's, when he claimed. The survivor's, okay, what his What his benefit is. is. Yes. So let's say, he, let's say their benefit is $1,000 at full retirement age. Okay. Okay. She claims her benefit early at sixty-two, so she receives seven hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Right. He claims his at age full retirement. Okay. So then he dies. Okay. After he has started claiming his benefit. Yes. Okay. Okay. Or if he doesn't, then she could claim the survivor benefit as early as age sixty. Right. Itself, but I think for this question, mm-hmm. she's asking, "I'm taking my benefit early." He's going to wait, hopefully, or maybe he's not, but his benefit is larger. But his benefit is larger than hers. All right. She doesn't want, if he dies, for the survivor benefit to also be reduced. Right. So she claims hers at age 62 at a reduced benefit of 750 His benefit is $1,000. They're living happily ever after. Then all of a sudden he dies. Her benefit will now go to $1,000. Okay. Yep. If he waited till age seventy, and now his benefit is thirteen hundred dollars, mm-hmm. she took hers early at sixty-two and has seven hundred and fifty dollars. Right. He dies. Her benefit goes to thirteen hundred dollars. Got it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. So it's going to be the higher of the two, mm-hmm. in a sense. Right. Okay. So that's why the person with the larger benefit. Male or female mm-hmm. should extend their benefit as long as when they can possible. just to protect the surviving spouse. Got it. Now she's got a second question. Okay. If a person retires at age 68 but does not claim Social Security until age 70, will they receive an 8%? Uh, no, they, they will, will receive, receive yep. an 8% increase per year for the two years in the that they do not claim. However, with that working for those last two years, will that be negative for the Social Security calculation as there will be no income for those last two years? Will that reduce the Social Security entitlement? And would it be better to work until age 70 or will there be no difference? Susan, I already know what the heck you're doing here. You're retiring or you're claiming your benefit at 62. Your husband now is... Re- She's like, I got some general idea- questions here for you. My neighbor came over... <laughs> And we were chatting about I'm social asking for a friend. Yes, for about social security. So if my neighbor takes it at sixty right? So the husband now he's working till sixty-eight, and so she's gonna she's gonna I wonder if her husband listens to the show. Because I, she probably doesn't want him to listen to the show. Because if he works until seventy or sixty-eight, it's probably not gonna affect the benefit. But you can tell him it might. Right, if you want him to continue if to work. If you want work. him to keep working yeah, and you stay out of the out, house. Yeah, if you want him out of the house, Susan. <laughs> because Social Security benefits, they run their benefits on you know 30 years, 35 years of work history. So, so it depends. It's on, your highest 
uh, 35 years of work history? Is it, that what it is? Well, yes and no. Let's call it 30 years. And so when you look at their highest years, and it, it's indexed with inflation. Right. Okay? If there's if you only had 20 years, they're, then they're going to put the remaining years as zeros. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing if he's worked at age 68, he's already put in his put in time. his time. Right? Necessary. So doing those extra, if he was to work two more years at what is, say he's at at his highest income level, then those two years would replace any lower earning years. Correct. If there are any, and so it could change it by. It's never going to be a negative impact. It's only going to be a positive. Even if let's say he claimed at sixty eight and continue to work, right? He could claim at sixty eight, and if he worked, let's say, and and worked part time and didn't make that much money, or maybe he. Um, well, if he's 68, then it's over social, he's, he's over um, full, full retirement, retirement age, so, so he, he can, can make as much right? as he wants. So sometimes people say, well, let's say if I continue to work after I claim my Social Security benefits, but I make less money than I was, is that going to reduce the benefit? Right. The answer is no. no. If you make more and it replaces a lower year, then the answer is that it, it would only increase your benefit. Now, yep. yeah. um, it's, it's 35 years. I believe so. I think it's 35 years. Your, your highest earning, 35, 35, years. 35 years. Why are you throwing me off there? Sorry. You said 30? Did I No, say- I, you said 30. I said 35. What? Maybe you're right. Anyways, if he's worked at least 30 no, or 35 years. No, it's driving me nuts. I know right, this at the top. I know for a fact it's 35 years. <laughs> okay. I think. <laughs> All right. So, Susan, hopefully that helps you out. So, t- take your benefit at 62. You're going to receive Highest a- 35 years. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I know 40 had something to do with that. It's 40 at some, quarters. Something, uh, yeah, but there was like 40 years at some point. This is way back. I don't know. I was reading the history of Social Security a couple of years ago for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that had something to do with it. Um, anyway, okay, so Susan, there you go. So you claim your benefit at 62. Take the lower benefit. Have your husband work until 70. Get the higher benefit. And then when he passes because you made him work those extra two years, uh, then you're going to get the higher benefit. Susan, thank you for your questions and for your patience in getting the answers. If that was clear as mud, you know you can always email me back. Now, before we get to more listener emails, I want to talk about what you get when you visit the YMYW podcast show notes. First on the page, you'll see a video because you can listen to the entire YMYW podcast on YouTube if you so desire. After that, you'll see links to subscribe to the podcast, the newsletter, the YouTube channel. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And you can click Ask Joe and Al on air to send us your money questions, complaints, compliments, or stories via voice message or email. After that, you'll see each of the questions that are answered in that episode. If you click on the time listed next to any of those questions, you'll go straight to that part of the discussion, both in the episode and in the transcript, so you can read along. You know, that's especially helpful when the conversation gets confusing, as we all know that it often does here on YMYW. Next will be all of the free financial resources mentioned in the episode. For example, in today's show notes, you'll find out how to maximize your lifetime income from Social Security, how to incorporate your Social Security benefit into your overall retirement strategy, and more when you download the white paper, Six Critical Social Security Facts Retirees Must Know. I've also posted our previous episodes on spousal Social Security claiming strategies, Social Security changes in 2019, as well as the Social Security Handbook. After that is the transcript of the entire episode. So now, how do you get to the show notes? Two ways. If you're on your phone, click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app. That will take you to the show notes. 
If you're on a desktop computer, just visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click listen to podcasts. Then click the episode you're interested in and you'll get right to the show notes. Now, let's talk about Social Security and Roth conversions. Diane. And she's living the good life in San Diego. She's living the good life. All right. Hey, guys. Crazy for your podcast. Well, I'm crazy about you, Diane. I just listened to show 241. Um, 241. Uh, 241? Is that what that is? Mm-hmm. Answers to your top Roth conversion questions. Wow. Um, that that was a landmark show. It was. Number Tons two, of people are listening two, to that one. Number 241. Uh, <laughs> since I'm looking to convert my traditional IRA to a Roth IRA by year end... All right. Well, we caught you just in time, Diane. But I have a special situation that no one seems to cover regarding IRS limits. All right. Let's see if I can answer this. I'm 60, widowed, and retired in the 12% tax bracket and collecting a survivor's benefit. So that means I cannot earn more than 17640 annually or I have to start paying back my benefit. I understand that converting triggers a tax event, but does it get recorded as ordinary income? The benefit I receive annually totals approximately $13,000. Does that mean I can only convert $4,640? Jeez, that stinks. Please help me figure out how much I can convert and keep my survivor benefit. Much appreciated. All right, a couple things, Diane is that you're collecting a survivor benefit. So we just went over survivor benefits with our good friend Susan from Escondido. And um, she is collecting that benefit, and she's 60. So that means she's in what is called these earned income thresholds. Okay. So if you're under full retirement age, there's a certain amount of money that you can earn without having a reduction in your Social Security benefit. Right. Which she knows. Um, so Diane goes 17640 annually. So what that means is that, all right, so any dollar earned over, or every $2 earned over 17640 annually, $1 goes back. Yeah. Right? So she's like, okay, well, I don't want to give any of this money back because... You know, my benefit is about $13,000. I'm living off of that, but I do want to do some Roth conversions to get money into a tax-free environment because I'm in a fairly low tax bracket. Well, the good news is, Diane, is that the earnings thresholds for Social Security is based on earned income, not ordinary income. So two different things here. Earned income, so that's wages, that's self-employment. That's items that you are earned and putting money into, let's say, the easiest way to explain it into um, Social Security, FICA tax. Uh, So it sounds like you're not working. Uh, $13,000 is coming in from Social Security, and you want to do a conversion? Well, you can convert as much as you want. It's not going to be included in that calculation to reduce your Social Security benefits, right? That's cool. That is very cool. So if you want to convert 10000 20000 50000 whatever, you can do that. 
But here's the calculation that you need to be more focused on, not necessarily the triggering event that's going to hurt your Social Security, is but how much do you want to convert? What tax bracket are you in? She says she's in the 12. What tax bracket do you think you'll be in? Right. So if you want to convert to the top of the 12% tax bracket, do you want to convert to the top of the 22% tax bracket? Um, you know, so it really depends on kind of what your overall goals are. But let's say the top of the 12% tax bracket is roughly about 40000 bucks. So, I mean, I think that's pretty cheap. So if you want to convert to the top of the 12, you got $13,000 of Social Security income, but that's probably not taxed. So well, how much money are you? do you need to live off of? Because that conversion is not going to do the triggering event where it's going to take money away from your Social Security. It's going to make it taxable. Either 50% or 85% of it is now going to be subject to income tax. So the amount of tax that you pay on the conversion is going to be different because it's all of a sudden – Let's say you're paying $0 of taxes on your Social Security benefit. Now you're adding dollars in these thresholds where your Social Security was tax-free, and now 50% of it is now going to be subject to tax, or 85% of it's going to be taxed. Now explain why that's different. Well, it's just a threshold. So back in, I don't know, the 80s, Reagan came in and was like, all right, well, when they first established Social Security, they were like, no one will never pay taxes on Social Security again, right? And then they're like- Until you do. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, damn it, we need some revenue. So let's tax 50% of it. And then they said, all right, well, for the top one percenters, we're going to tax you 85%. We're going to tax 85% of your Social Security. 85% of the benefit is going to be subject to income tax. Right. So it, it was a progression, right? So it, it only affected the top 1% of the population when it comes to wages. And so that threshold is like $44,000 for married people, $34,000 for single people. And I wonder if that thing is going up next year. Um, I don't know. Um, but married, it's 32 to 44 is 50%. Um, and then 25 to 34 for single. So that's what you got to look at here, Diane, is that when you start converting all of a sudden that $13,000, which could be tax-free to you, now $1 added of earnings is going to add $1.50 of income um, on your tax return. So the amount of tax, let's say you think you're going to just pay 12% on the conversion, it could be a little bit higher than that. Um, so those are the calculations that you want to make sure that you are aware of. So good news is this. They're not going to take you can convert anything. convert as much as you want. You can convert as much as you want. They're not going to take anything back. No biggie. You're good. But you're they are not, going to tax your Social however, Security. However, no, yeah. yes. So they're going to tax um, the Social Security if it's not taxed because you didn't tell me any other income sources that you have. Um but I'm guessing because you already know the seventeen thousand six forty, it's it's probably something under that, um, unless you have pension income or things uh, of that nature. So good news, bad news here, Diane. Good news is is that you're not uh, part of that threshold, uh, but it will be subject to income tax. But you already know that. You got to just run the numbers to see if it makes sense. Um, and I'm guessing, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about you, but that you're living the good life in San Diego. Well, so are we, Diane, and it's good to have you here.
Um, if you have more questions, just, uh, I guess, write us back. Mary writes in from Los Angeles. Good day, Alan Joe. All right. I really love your show, and I watch it over and over on the YouTube channel. I think you guys are funny and make investing and retirement planning fun. I'm 56 years old and stopped working for the company where I have my 401k and now just managing our rental income properties. According to my CPA, my husband and I can take out $50,000 from my 401k and transfer it to my personal Vanguard Trust investment fund since my income tax payment is very little. I'm thinking about doing a Roth IRA conversion instead. What type of form or documents do I need to complete, and what is the tax based on? Well, Mary, um, I think you are on track there. So the CPA is taking a look at the tax return and noticing, all right, well, since you're retired, you have some real estate income. Some of that might be sheltered uh, through depreciation. And you're in a fairly low tax bracket. So he's like, take $50,000 out of the 401k plan and you'll pay very little tax on that $50,000 because you'll use up maybe your standard deduction, the 10% and the 12% bracket. Uh, which I like to utilize those lower brackets. And if you don't need the income, might as well get it out of the retirement account now while your tax bracket is low. Uh, but I'm with you. I think you should do a conversion if you don't need the income to live off of. And I guess what type of forms or documents do I need? Well, the easiest way to do this is that it sounds like you have a trust account at Vanguard. I would open up a Roth IRA at Vanguard, and I would open up an IRA at Vanguard. So then you're consolidated in your overall investments. Roll your 401k from your company into the IRA at Vanguard. And then you just call Vanguard and say, I want to move $50,000 from my for, for my IRA and move it into my Roth. Very, very easy. You could do it online. Um, it's very simple to do. Or you could say, I want to move $50,000 from this account into this account. Right? They do it all for you. Um, out of a 401k, it gets a little bit tricky. It's because the 401k is not going to be able to talk to the Roth IRA. You're going to say, I want to do a $50,000 conversion from a 401k plan into a Roth IRA. You absolutely can do that according to the law, but it, the, the transaction itself is just a little bit more complicated because then it comes directly out of the 401k plan. You're probably going to have to take possession of the cash. You're going to have a check in hand. It's going to be have to be made out correctly to your Roth IRA, so it's like a rollover into your Roth IRA, and if you only want to do 50000 and you're going to keep other money in the 401k plan, I don't know. I do this for a living, um, and we manage about $2.5 billion, and it, that just seems cumbersome to me that I would hate to do all of that work. <laughs> right? That's why you call somebody else and have them do right. it for you? <laughs> uh, no. I would be like, you know, just put it in one place. Uh, if you don't like Vanguard, go to Fidelity, go to Schwab, go to TD Ameritrade, go to, I don't know, wherever you want to go. But <clears throat> I think consolidation is really key. You're 56 years old. You're going to work, um, or, or this money's going to grow for a long time. You're probably going to do conversions for a long time. You probably want to do a few dollars each year. Um, I would consolidate. 
And so then you can just do it real quickly online. If you want to do it from the 401k, then you're going to have to fill out their forms from your employer and say, I want to move $50,000. You have to open up the Roth IRA first at whatever custodian that you choose from. Um, So let's say if you do have a Roth already, then you're good. If you don't, make sure you establish that Roth IRA. Get the account number, and then on the paperwork, you're going to say, "All right, I want to do, um, I want to move fifty thousand dollars out. Don't withhold taxes. It's so versus move fifty grand into this." Okay, so first step is to transfer the entire four hundred one k into a traditional IRA. That's what I would do if right. I was married. Okay, but some people are they're like, "No, I really like my four hundred one k." Well, if that's the case, we'll keep it in the four hundred one k, and then it's just the, the paperwork and everything else is just kind of more of a, a pain. Right. Right. Uh, but if the, I guess whatever Mary wants to do, because she doesn't have to roll it, right? She could keep it in the four hundred one k plan. Um, but then, if, then you say, all right, well, I want to move fifty thousand. Let's say she's got five hundred grand in her four hundred one k plan. She's only moving fifty thousand out. So it's like, okay, well, now you're filling out all this paperwork, and then maybe next year she wants to do another fifty, and right. then it, right? And she's so, got to do the same thing. Every yeah, time. The, the money comes to her directly into the account. It's just I don't know. Um, I think there's more room for air that way than if I roll my 401k into an IRA. So I have an IRA at XYZ Custodian. I have a Roth IRA at XYZ Custodian. I have my trust account at XYZ, right? right? Everything's yeah. there. I show, you know, put everything online. I see all my accounts. And then I say, all right, account number XYZ, I'm moving $50,000 into Account number LMNOP. Now let's talk about what happens if she does have that check written to her and she, it takes her a while to get it to do the Well, it depends on how they make like- the check out, right? The checks need to be made out to the custodian. Right. So it's, it's got to be made out to Fidelity for the yeah. benefit of Mary from Los Angeles. Right. Right. If it's made out to Mary, it blew up. Yeah. She's done. Yeah. It's a distribution. You right. cannot take a distribution of $50,000 and put it into a Roth IRA. Yeah. It's a taxable event. The thing blew up on her. Right. Right? Yep. It's like Humpty Dumpty fell off the cliff and you can't put them <laughs> together again. The egg is broken. You can't put it back. Okay. So it's like putting cream in the coffee and trying to take the cream out, right? Yeah. Uh, so you may, because this is where errors and mistakes happen. When people start messing around with their retirement accounts because they want to utilize strategy, which is phenomenal. So they hear snippets on our radio show or podcast or whatever, and then they try to act on it. Like, well, how many how many emails do we get? They're like, well... I think I screwed this up, yeah. Yeah. right? So, Mary, just be careful with what uh, what you're doing there. It's fairly easy, um, but still, if you make a mistake, the fifty thousand bucks is now taxable to you, um, and it could blow. You. Uh, it's going to be taxable to her regardless, but she's going to pay the tax without getting it in the Roth. I guess right. is my point. Yeah. Um, so what forms or documents do I need to complete? And what is the tax based on? Well, the tax is going to be based on your taxable income. So you have to look at line 10 on your tax return. Okay. But your CPA might have already done this for you and they might have ran a tax projection. So then you look at, okay, what tax bracket am I in? And if they gave you that $50,000 number, make sure you've got to find out what that $50,000 is based on. Maybe it's the top of the 12% tax bracket. Maybe it's the top of the 10. Maybe it's the top of the 22. I don't know. So you have to look at your tax bracket versus the tax tables of the IRS. And so you add your taxable income to the amount of money that you convert. That's going to tell you what marginal bracket that you're in. 
and then that's going to determine what tax that you're going to pay. Do not withhold the taxes. Just make sure that you pay the taxes next April, or you might want to make an estimated payment as well um, uh, at the end of the year if you're converting 50000 bucks. Since everyone's financial situation is a little bit different, you can get more personalized help by clicking the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Schedule a no-cost, no-obligation, two-meeting financial assessment with a certified financial planner here at Pure Financial Advisors. That's the firm that presents the YMYW podcast. We've got offices in Southern California for viewers and listeners like Mary, but our advisors can also meet with you online via web meeting, no matter where you are in the country. If you just want to send in your Roth conversion questions or any money questions for that matter, go to the podcast show notes and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air. Let's go with Chip. Chip. That's a great name. I love Chip. Yeah, me too. From Uh, Maryland. He's from Maryland. Hello, gentlemen and Miss Andy. Thanks so much for all the wisdom you have shared. I listen often, but I have a question that I may have missed or hasn't been asked yet. Right? Okay. So Chip asks, I rolled a 401k from my old company last year into a traditional IRA. This year, I'm looking at rolling it into a Roth. Would the amount I convert be factored into this year's AGI? If so... This would push me up to the partial contribution range for the yearly $6,000 based on my age contribution. I've already contributed the full amount, so I don't want to go forward with the conversion until I'm sure. I do plan on paying the tax bill with outside finances. I am 15, 20 years from retirement, and this account would not be my first to draw from. I do expect to be in the same tax bracket that I'm currently but expect the brackets and rates to be higher at the time of retirement than they are currently. Offer than this taxable IRA, I have a 457 in a brokerage account in addition to the existing Roth account. I will also be receiving a pension. I believe this makes sense, but maybe I'm overthinking it. Thanks so much for the entertaining education. All right, Chip. Um, all right, so he rolled his... 401k from an old company to an IRA. Yep. Now he's thinking about converting some of that or all of it to a Roth. Sure. Which you're allowed to take your 401k money and enroll it to an IRA. There's no taxation there. So far, so good. And so the question first was, all right, well, the Roth contribute or the conversion, is that going to be included in your income? And the answer is yes. It is, of course, going to be added to your taxable income. you got to pay the tax. But what you're missing, it's MAGI, Modified Adjusted Gross yeah, Income. M-A-G-I. So it's, it's not included in Modified Adjusted Gross Income for your Roth contribution limits. So you can go ahead and do the conversion. That doesn't count for that limitation that we just talked about, 193000 for married, 122000 for single. So if that, let's say if he's single and then all of a sudden he does the conversion and bumps him up, up past that one twenty two. They don't include the conversion in the modified adjusted gross calculation, so it doesn't affect your IRA contributions. Yes, yeah, so, so to be very clear, it's included in adjusted gross income. You will pay income taxes on it, but you can still do your Roth contribution as long as you are under those limits without the conversion. Yeah, so there, there's something that's called modified adjusted gross income. So certain things and in income and whatever they modify the adjusted gross for you to participate in certain things yeah, or it doesn't it, include. Or. Because there's various phase-outs. And if you Google that, 
you will get more confused than anything because there's about 10 different modified adjusted gross incomes depending upon what they're talking about and what the limitations for. Right, because the IRS basically, it doesn't tell us what you can do. It tells us what we cannot do, right? It doesn't kind of lay a roadmap. So if you're looking to do a certain strategy, you know, then there's a modified adjusted gross income for that certain strategy. So then you got to look back, oh, the... uh, that doesn't apply, so then you can potentially do it or, or not affected by certain phase-outs. Yeah, and, and like I say, it does get tricky. Your modified adjusted gross income, if you own real estate, you have to be below $100,000 to be able to deduct up to $25,000 of losses. But that's a different modified adjusted gross income for what we're talking about on a Roth contribution. So, Chip, go ahead. Do the conversion. Make the contribution. Um, sounds like you have a pension. Got a little 457 plan. Keep pumping away, brother. Um, I like it. I think you're on uh, the right track. See, I like Chip versus – he's younger. He's yeah. my generation. Yeah, more intelligent question. Yeah. His, probably, <laughs> his real name is probably like Charles. Well, I'm sure it is. Right? Is you that know, Chip? Is that where you get Chip from? Yeah, that's the only Chip I know is Charles. I know mm-hmm. one Chip. Now two. Chip from Maryland. Right. Is that a Charles? I, I'm not actually sure. I don't know. I know a Chip, but I don't what I don't know what his actual name is. Well, I just I, know him as Chip. I have a sample size of one, and yeah, the me Chip too. I know is Charles. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think doesn't have to be. It could I be wonder anything. what Google says. I could call you Chip. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think anyone has a birth name called Chip. I don't think so. That would be badass if it, if, <laughs> if it wow. was. I bet Chip, somebody does. Chip can be a nickname for Charles, Richard, or Christopher. Yeah. How, how about Joseph? Yeah, that'd be Ch- good. Chip, I, I think that should be your name. <laughs> so, big Chip. Hey, Chip Anderson. Uh, Joseph Anderson. Yeah, please call me Chip. Jo- <laughs> no, just, just Joseph Chip Anderson. <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm Daryl from Central Ohio. Hey, Daryl. It's my brother Daryl. My other my brother, brother Daryl. <laughs> what was the guy's first name though? Larry. Larry. Yeah. Larry Daryl and Daryl. Larry Daryl. And Daryl. Uh, great show. Thanks, Joe, Al, and Andy. First question. That means he's got several, Andy. <laughs> Luckily, it's a short email, though. I have a 401k with pre tax and Roth contributions in it. When I quit, I like your attitude, Daryl. <laughs> when quitting. I quit, I hate my job. This thing sucks. I'm out of here. Uh, when I quit and roll over the 401k, can I roll the pre-tax part into my existing traditional IRA and roll the Roth part into a new Roth IRA to keep it separate from the traditional IRA? Uh, Daryl, yes. And that's exactly what you would want to do. So when you quit and you tell your boss to shove it. Take this job <laughs> and shove it. Right? You're going to be like, all right, now what do I do with this cash? Because I'm rich now and I don't need this job. Um, yes, you would put your Roth into the Roth component, and you would do the pre-tax into the IRA, right? For sure. Uh, that's one of the biggest downfalls. Not, I, I don't know. That's kind of an over exaggeration. But when you have Roth dollars and pre-tax dollars in a four hundred one k plan, and you keep it in the plan, a lot of these plan docs. Hopefully, they'll change the rules on this. And I know that some of them I've seen now recently have. Uh, but you have to take the dollars pro rata which is not great. So what I mean by that is let's say you have a $100,000 retirement account. 50,000 of it is pre-tax, 50,000 of it it's Roth. 
So instead of saying, all right, the 50000 pre-tax, I'm going to move that into my IRA. 50000 Roth, I'm going to move that into my Roth IRA. You keep it in the 401k plan. You take a dollar out of the 401k plan, well, 50 cents of that is going to be taxable. 50 cents is going to be tax-free. Instead of saying, all right, I'm in a low tax bracket. I want to pull the dollar out of my pre-tax account because I don't want to pay a lot of tax and I want to keep my Roth money growing. So yes, when you move or when you quit, move the pre-tax into your IRA and then move the Roth component into your Roth IRA. All right. Second question. When my wife and I quit <laughs> in a couple years. So now your wife is like, I'm following your lead, Daryl. They got a plan worked out. Check this out. I'm quitting too. <laughs> we plan to sell our primary house and downsize to a house we already own in Tennessee and live off the proceeds. All right. During this eight to 10 year period, we plan to do yearly Roth conversions since the tax will be low. Anything bad about this plan? Absolutely not, Daryl. Spot on. So you're going to sell your house, live off the proceeds, so you're going to be in a very low tax bracket because he's living off of the cash and the proceeds. So you're going to be in a low bracket. You're going to convert. Um, the only thing, 8 to 10 period, then it's just looking at what bracket you utilize. How much money can you get out over that 8 to 10-year time period and let that thing grow for you? Um, I love it. I love it. There's nothing bad about that plan whatsoever. And it's interesting. We don't know how old Daryl is. We don't know anything else about his situation, but it's a good plan. I love the plan. I like the fact that you're quitting versus retiring. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> he and his wife are like, we're going to Tennessee. I'm going to go to Tennessee. Heard they got some good whiskey there. <laughs> All right, Andy, thanks for filling in today. Thank you, Joe. Uh, appreciate you guys listening, of course, in Big Al will be back next week. He's in Australia, New Zealand, or something like that. So uh, we'll see you next week. So it's called Your Money or Wealth. We've got a quick derail at the end of today's episode about being voted one of the best retirement podcasts for 2020. Keep listening to hear Joe get a little bit salty. And if you like the YMYW podcast, you too can write about it on your blog, share it on your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn page, email it to your friends, play it for your family at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, however you want to do it. Because every time you spread the word about your money, your wealth, you help the people around you to become a little more financially wise, and you help keep me and Joe and Big Al employed by Pure Financial Advisors, who presents the Your Money, Your Wealth podcast. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to sign up for a no-cost, no-obligation, two-meeting financial assessment, either in person or via web meeting, with a certified financial planner from Pure. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast, and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Hey, did you know we are the best retirement podcast with humor, according to a physician in Montana? I did not know that. That's pretty impressive. Yes. We make physicians laugh (laughs) with finance. We reach the pinnacle F5Physician.com named us one of the best retirement podcasts for 2020. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Does he, what, he writes a blog or something? He does. F5Physician.com. Well, there you go. It's pretty cool stuff. David Cram. He, he? Sent me, he sent me a Facebook friend request, and he told me that Big Al is his hero. <laughs> I don't know if I want to ever talk to that guy. 